Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech MENA Middle East and North Africa series. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, corporate innovators, investors, and ecosystem hub leaders from the Middle East and North Africa. My name is Rudy Fallad. I'm the founder of the Voice of Fintech podcast. This episode is hosted by Dora. Welcome to the Voice of Fintech podcast. My name is Dora Mahboudi and I'm hosting Fintech experts, founders and inspiring doers in the MENA region. Today we have the privilege of hosting for us industry leader in the world of fintech with an impressive trajectory in payments, technology, consulting, venture building. So over 25 years of experience, he has architected more than 12 ventures, served more than seven corporate leadership roles and delivered more than six successful M&A deals. Uh, so today's discussion uh, promises to be enlightening as we deep dive in the fintech scene of the MENA region uh, as a whole, but we would like to spotlight on the so rapidly growing um, Saudi Arabian market. And who better to guide us through this than Faraz, whose insights in this domain are both profound and pertinent. So welcome Faraz to this uh, podcast. Hi everyone. Thank you very much, Laura, for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, with Faraz we met in uh, Money 2020 and I'm really happy to discuss this part with you as uh, you have both experiences in the UK uh, and plus the MENA region and more specifically Saudi Arabia. So I would like to ask you first some questions and uh, feel free to give examples or are you ready <laughs> great so maybe uh, we will tackle this podcast from different angles but let's start with the first of all the landscape itself so how would you describe the current state and potential of the fintech market in the MENA region, so as a whole, but more specifically, we will talk today about the Saudi Arabian market regarding the, the context also and their vision of 2030. What do you think about this part? Yeah, I think the region in general has been growing on the fintech and the payment space quite extensively based out on the support from the regulators generally in the market coming out of UAE, the regulators from Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia, of course. So generally, the market has been quite up fintechs over the past three, four years, five years, especially. It has seen a bit of a downturn over the last 12 months, given the market, the global market dynamics. However, I think the the region is still leading charge on the fintech enablement and fintech startup space. I was looking at a map just yesterday on LinkedIn about the number of fintechs that are active in UAE, for example, as of today. And the map showed around 200 companies which are regulated across UAE, which are in the fintech category as of today. So I think it shows the amount of confidence the global investors have had over the years and still have in the region. Uh, But more interestingly, I think it's the regional funding that has brought this change to date in the region, in the Middle East. Okay, so talking about regulation, as you said, many of them are regulated. So how does it work there? Like, what are the regulation challenges uh, that fintechs would encounter in Saudi Arabia and in the region? And how they would, how to say, how they would navigate through these challenges? 
we will talk later about Europe or UK, it's more regional kind of regulation. But how do startups keep with these challenges in that region? Sure, sure. So maybe I'll speak a bit more about Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia, I think, has recent has had a lot of changes over the past three, four years, uh, coming top down, of course, from the top leadership down to different organizations and different uh, government entities and semi-government entities within Saudi Arabia, which are currently actively working on their digital transformation programs. And also, uh, a lot of investment has flown in from PIF primarily, and of course, from the regional VCs into the market. So I think the confidence has been built over the years by the by the in-depth expertise and the vision, of course, starting from the top leadership in Saudi Arabia. So giving out a Saudi 2030 vision, I think, has brought about a drastic change in the momentum how the market is growing both on the tech space as well as in the fintech space. So the regulator, Sama, said setting up a fintech Saudi subsidiary and arm, uh, which is supported by the government, of course, to support the fintech ecosystem in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so fintech Saudi is quite an active organization. I think that's the first go-to uh, for any um, startup entrepreneurs or uh, uh, outside of region investors coming into the market. Uh, because the uh, fintech Saudi basically has established a good ecosystem, uh, and they facilitate uh, the discussions within the ecosystem as well. So that's one avenue for sure. And other than that, of course, there there are regulations out from Sama on different fintech categories. So uh, a lot of publications are out available online if you go through them. Most of the categories in banking services, in finance, in insurance, credit bureau setups. PSP services, for example. So all of these have now been covered in the regulation that is out. So if a company is looking to launch a particular financial product or service in Saudi Arabia, there there are specific categories that they can review from Sama where they can apply for the whole process. And of course, there's a sandbox that helps some such companies test their platform before they get into the market. Just a high level, on, on the high level. Okay, very very clear. So if we would like to compare it to the UK or the European part, what would you say about it? From Really from the regulation perspective, is it like more now mature enough, as you said, if someone would like to get established in, in Saudi Arabia, would they find that the whole ecosystem is there ready to get the best advisors, the best, how to say, the best regulation guidelines, and it would be an easy or easy challenge, let's say, between brackets, or or is it one of the angles that they should really take care of before coming, um, like, and they should prepare it while time for coming to the Saudi Arabia and get established as a startup? Yes, so so I think it all boils down to the go-to-market strategy, right? Uh, firstly, if the, if, so we, we deal with uh, a lot of uh, startups which are expanding into Saudi Arabia out, outside of UAE, for example. Uh, so for them, it's a different, um, uh, it's a different structure. It's a different go-to-market strategy because they're sitting next door. Um, but then for companies which are coming in from UK and Europe, uh, and a lot of them are actually coming into Saudi Arabia over this year, they definitely need local advice and local support 
from a regulatory perspective as well as from an ecosystem understanding perspective and then from go-to-market perspective as well in terms of distribution and whatever infrastructure is available currently in, in the kingdom. However, uh, the market, in, if you compare it with the UK, for example, so uh, mandates defined and matured over the years by FCA, for example, are of course looked upon at, are referred to um, as a guideline generally for all the markets. But the market is not as mature as the UK market is. So the open banking, for example, the open banking framework is pretty new. Similarly, other frameworks that are being introduced for digital payments and banking and PSP. So most of these are new mandates. But the beauty about that is that there is a big potential, which I would say is a big opportunity for companies who are looking to cross market, definitely into the kingdom and into the Gulf countries in general. So I, I would say that definitely they, they would need a go-to-market specialist to, to enable them. But then there are there are active companies, CSPs, for example, which help you set up your license in the kingdom. If you say Thasis, for example, there is Astrolabs. There are a lot of companies who are now uh, helping incubate a new setup in Saudi. So for the soft landing and all, uh, these could definitely be utilized. Great. So... There are incubators, there are other accelerators, ventures that are helping these startups to get to the Saudi market. And if, let's say, you're a specialist, you're a go-to-market specialist, what would you say the top three challenges for the Saudi market from the business perspective, not regulation part, but from business perspective mainly, as you started to enumerate like distribution and other types of points that they need to be tackled for this specific market, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. So if we again talk specifically about Saudi Arabia, I think the Saudi region is split into four four different regions. The, the core focus today from the government and a lot of investment bodies is around the city of Riyadh. So that's definitely the place where one would establish a new business. In order to set up a new company, for example, you need to be an existing company outside of the kingdom for at least a couple of years and are audited. Then it's much easier to set up a licensed entity in Saudi Arabia. And the the timeline is around two to three months, which is, if you compare it to Dubai, it will take you probably a maximum five days to set up a company, get your visa, and get localized. But in Saudi Arabia, this timeline currently is around two to three months. But definitely there are programs and projects which MISA is implementing, which is the Ministry of Investments in Saudi Arabia, to automate the whole onboarding process and the KYB process for new company setups. But until that time, of course, it's a three-month, three to four-month timeline to set up. The cost is currently around thirty dollars to $40,000, depending on where you're getting the service from. But that's, that's the usual range. But the good, the, the best thing about the market potential is that as per Saudi 2030 vision, Saudi Arabia is looking to have sustainable and active companies in the fintech space to around 550 companies they want to set up by 2030. And today, if we look at the market size, we are uh, sitting at around 150 to 160 regulated fintechs already set up in Saudi Arabia. So you can see there is around 300, 400 companies that, that need to come in over the next six, seven years, which if we go into a, a, a VC um, formula, then it should require around more than 
three four thousand concepts to be matured enough to reach or filtered down to three four hundred companies that would then set, be set up over the years so there is still a lot of potential for sure in the market oh that's huge yeah that's huge and like from what you've seen Farah, like what are the one or two or top three startups like fintechs that are already established now in Saudi, local, or they came like from international background that are outstanding and what makes them like really working well in this landscape with this ecosystem? Yeah, what would be the ones that uh, catch your eyes actually? Yeah, so from a from local company's perspective, I think that the market has, the dynamics have been such that the government's investment is towards entrepreneurs and local, locally set up companies which expand then globally, right? So that's the motto of raising all the investment and growing the fintech space in Saudi Arabia. However, there are a lot of international companies, again, mostly having their regional head, headquarters in UAE, who are considering moving their headquarters or resources, depending on the, on the business potential there. So that's one area. The other thing I wanted to highlight is that the local companies like STC Pay, Halala, which is now Hala Expense, there, there are a lot of companies in the B2C super app space, for example, or there are companies which have come in on the open banking side, like it, like Tarabut Gateway, Lean Technologies. So yeah, there are companies who are coming up big, but I think the biggest potential in terms of the fundraise and the growth, which we have seen over the past three, four years, has been into buy now, pay later, for sure. Companies that have come in with, with firm platforms, uh, there are top two currently who are <laughs> at the leadership space in buy now, pay later. So they have grown definitely big time. But I do see uh, a lot of other companies now coming in from the UK, especially and trying to localize and set up set themselves up locally now in terms of challenges the question you asked i think the three key challenges which i find entrepreneurs or new companies would be struggling through is number one localization okay so there is a proper localization process that is not just for setting up your entity but also your talent your resources as well as your data your application your platforms so everything needs to be localized so that's one area that needs to be looked at. The second is, of course, the regulatory compliance. The differences between your existing regulated license in F under FCA, for example, or ECB. But then what else do you need to comply locally with? For example, there's a local network called MADA, which is mandatory on, on, on the local debit transactions or prepaid transactions. Similarly, the third area is talent. It's not easy to find local talent in Saudi, which on a seniority level. So definitely you need to bring in and attract the right talent, not just from within the kingdom, but also from outside the kingdom to house them, to localize them. So these are the key areas that, that definitely somebody needs to look at. Yeah, I see. This brings up another part for us, which is the ecosystem. So now we talked about the fintechs, but how the corporate field is coping with all this, the financial institution, the traditional ones, the other big corporations, would it, does it work to establish this corporate innovation mindset in there? Is there any shift in the mindset or you think this market is already ready or there is actually the opposite, some work that needs to be done in this field? How would you describe this part, especially that in other countries, 
it fails to, to work, even though there are a lot of banks and other corporates that are into transforming their the whole business model. But the mindset of working with this fintech and go into corporate innovation, how would you scale it there? What do you think about this part? Yes, so ecosystem is definitely always a challenge. A, to navigate the ecosystem. B, to understand that you're not stepping on the wrong stone and you're not upsetting the wrong uh, players in the market, Yeah, especially when you're bringing your uh, new product into the space. So definitely ecosystem understanding and, and support is very important, which is why I definitely recommend for anybody who's looking to go and in, get into the market to reach out to, to experts. You will find plenty on LinkedIn for sure who are already local and who are who have done a couple of ventures set up local ventures so that's but in terms of the ecosystem the, the first and foremost is the regulator of course so you have a very friendly fintech support team both at uh, sama as well as fintech saudi so that's one avenue that which which is which is a, a tick or a double tick because they are very supportive when whenever any new fintech or any new initiative is being launched the first thing, foremost thing, the best thing is to reach out to the regulator, their specific fintech team. Then the second critical aspect of the ecosystem is the networks. So if we are doing anything on the payment space, then definitely we are talking to one of the networks like Visa or MasterCard or UnionPay for that matter. So that's another very important pillar of the fintech uh, ecosystem, which is the networks or the scheme. And they do have a lot of support teams available on ground as well as in in their head office in in for example in in dubai and they have a lot of connections that they can help navigate the new entrepreneurs and then the third element is the banks themselves so there are around 11 12 local banks in saudi arabia and four five of them i personally know have their own fintech desks so they are working with a lot of fintechs on the enablement side of course the market is still not at that stage in terms of e-money license maturity that e-money license holders starts to also support other fintechs but then there are e-money licenses which have been issued uh, with their own propositions which which but there are experts which are available to also take you through the whole licensing process if it's required for you to be regulated for example so i would say overall it's a supportive ecosystem in saudi arabia which is why you see uh, over the past three years, 150 fintechs actually live in the market and growing. And additional uh, plenty of licenses in the queue, actually, for sure. Okay, so support of ecosystem. And what about the VC parts, the investors part, local or international? How they see the market? Is there any particular trend now that they invest in? Is there any sector that's attracting them? more than others is it more b2b or b2c that are they looking for from what you've seen and the startups or the venture that you're building and um, wh where the funds are like going right now yeah so i'm not a funding expert but as per my information whatever i read through and the fintechs that i'm consulting with there are around 50 50 odd vcs around in the region who are investing actively in, into saudi arabia so that's a big number, 50 VCs, right? And then, of course, there are VCs which specialize in early stage or in, in the seed or the, the series rounds. So that's the second area that one needs to identify which, you know, which VCs are more on the early stage would be interested in Saudi, for example. 
I know for a fact that last year PIF, which is the sovereign fund, has pumped in a few billion dollars within the market, within the VC market in, in, in Saudi. And a lot of VCs are well-funded, are looking for solutions and platforms which are working actively or which are successful outside of the, the region to bring them and localize them for the local market consumption. So that's another interesting area that can be captured. And definitely VC, uh, VCs are uh, an important arm of the within the ecosystem space. And there are several VCs which are available supporting uh, local initiatives for sure. Okay, so from all what we've said, like from we try to tackle it from different angles, the go to market, the ecosystem, the regulation, the funding, from your point of view, Faraz, like how do you see this market uh, growing to five and 10 years, like when five or 10 years, almost the vision 2030, like what are your um, thoughts about this? Yeah, so... That's a great question, Dora. Actually, I, I see great potential in the market because the size of population and the average spend and the the average income levels are, are pretty pretty decent and it's a very it's a great market to be in. I'm talking specifically about Saudi Arabia. The population size is around 40, 45 million plus, which is quite sizable for an for an innovation and a new service to to be successful you need a good market size for sure a supportive ecosystem but i think right now in the next couple of years i see a lot of embedded finance initiatives being rolled out that brings us to invisible banking primarily where you have funds and you have a bank or a fintech behind you but it's plugged into your day-to-day -day life in a way that it's fully embedded and fully invisible so I do see this coming up in a few years. Of course, for that, all the all the peripheral services and the digital transformation that's going through the kingdom right now is going to support. But I do see a, a 360 degree lifestyle banking initiatives coming in with a lot of embedded finance and truly democrat, democratizing the financial inclusion, which is still a big requirement. And there's a big gap within the kingdom as well as the region. Amazing. So far as if in five, 10 years, there is still growth, there is the funding, there is the support of the government, let's say. And if I'm a startup or a corporate that and I would like to expand the, to the Saudi, or even I'm in the Saudi and would like to expand from the growth part, how would you be able to support this corporation or the startups? What are, how can you help in, in this part, particularly? Yes, absolutely. So I run a small boutique consulting uh, firm out of DIFC and I, I do work with, so it's, so Hyphen is basically a community of experts and consultants in the same space, in the fintech space. So I have a good community and all of us basically are uh, available, can be reached out to, to get an advice on how to go get into the market in terms of the commercialization of the product, in terms of the technology side of the product in terms of the go-to-market or the ecosystem partnerships. So all these areas we cover as part of our consulting. And and we work with the client as part of client's team to until go live. So I think it's something which is unique. There is a big gap in the market where you get hand-holding through and through the process until you go live in the market. I think that's pretty unique. And definitely we are happy to support or assist anyone who wants to reach out. 
Amazing. So first, would you like to add any other comment about uh, the market and how it would be the best to reach out if we are interested in your consulting services? Yes, sure. So I think the market's going to come back. So there is an event uh, which is happening actually in January. So from January onwards, it's going to be an active market. I have actually listed around five, six events in the kingdom that I would be personally attending as well. Uh, but if if somebody wants to reach out, absolutely, they can reach out to me uh, directly on my email address, for example, faraz at hypefin.com or through, through our website as well, hypefin.com. I'm happy to help or through our LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as Faraz Amjad. Amazing. Thanks a lot, Faraz. It, it was really a pleasure to discuss this with you. And I uh, will be very happy to uh, host another podcast for more getting into details of this market and the fintech ecosystem. Thank you a lot for your insights and giving us really deep understanding. And yeah, looking forward to continue this contribution in this field. And uh, yeah. Thanks a lot for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are I'm happy to share more in-depth information and we can definitely do another uh, series of podcasts on the subject. Happy to support anytime. Thank you for us. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.